it's really important to come back to yourself to find your meditation point, your inner point of connectedness to self. Staying grounded is hugely, hugely important. So ask that earth connection to stay with you because Mother Earth is there supporting us and guiding us. Um, when you're grounded, it's much harder to be drawn into that connection with those clouds of fear and anger and rage. So you might feel a little angry or you might feel a little bit of fear recognize okay that's what it is release it remember to stay in self release it and what happens when people don't stay grounded and don't um release the fear but move up out of the body a lot of people i see remove their energy field they don't stay grounded they move up into the mental and they allow their energy fields to connect with the clouds of fear or rage and then they get all of this fear this global fear that comes in and they feel terrified they feel panicked it's not your fear <laughs> don't you got to accentuate the positive wow i feel good a little bit of feel good goes a long way you're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello, welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always a blessing to present another show for you today. We're going to delve into the world of intuition, psychic abilities, spirit guides, all that great stuff that we talk about on the show today with the wonderful Deborah Moffat. Welcome to the show, Deborah. Thank you so much. And Deborah's in France. You're living, still living in France, right? In the French Alps and also sometimes in the Swiss Alps, yeah. Sounds beautiful. I'm going to quiz you a little bit about what's been going on in Europe over the last few years because it'd be interesting to hear uh, you know, what we've gone through. But let me tell you a little bit about Deborah and what she's been up to. Out of one of your books, Things Fall Apart on the French Riviera. In this lifetime, Deborah has gone from international business executive to award-winning author, editor, journalist, and intuitive reader. Several years ago, she moved from the US to the French Riviera, where she worked in international business in the French Silicon Valley. The job was high-powered, seeing her travel up to 265 days a year to many places around the world, but the universe kept nudging her with a feeling that this vocation wasn't quite right. Then, she says, she had a three-alarm wake-up call, she calls it, with sickness, separation and divorce and the end of a high-paying job. Her materialistic 3D world was falling apart. Deborah says, it was the best thing that ever happened to me, but it didn't feel like it at the time. At the time, it felt like she was suffering with confusion, despair, and frustration. Over the past decade, her intuitive abilities have blossomed, and now she does sessions with people around the world. Her books include Awake in the World, Sharing Simple Practices to Help People Find One's Inner Guidance, Systems to Cope with Chaos and the Extremes, and Garden of Bliss, which explores navigating your inner life and developing a relationship with intuition, dreams, and the higher self. Both books have won international awards in the US, 
and have been published in several languages. And your website is Deborah Moffat, M-O-F-F-I-T-T.com, so you can find out more about your work there. So it says you're an award-winning author. What other books have you written? So I have written Riviera Stories, which is about the French Riviera, which I adored when I was having that very materialistic lifestyle, which I loved. (laughs) You know, and I knew rock stars and millionaires. (laughs) It was the French Riviera lifestyle. I was working a lot as well. And another one is Girl on the Roof, which is a World War II story set in Annecy in the French French Alps and I was not planning on writing that I had been writing a comedy set in Charleston South Carolina which I, where I'd been spending a bit of time and as I was writing I was hearing I was I was in an 1840s farmhouse in the loft and I was hearing this young adolescent who was showing me her story because when we're writing we're in at least when I'm writing, I'm in an expanded state. And so I was seeing these images from World War II that I didn't know anything about. I'd never been interested in that. And it just took off. <laughs> so that, that one is about the young girl who is watching some things unfold during World War II in Annecy, which is on the French-Swiss border. And it was a very tense time in that period. And she sees some things happen and uh, is trying to prevent them from happening to her best friend. So it's a a bit of a thriller. Wow, it sounds amazing. I love it when somebody who's intuitive is writing, okay, let me me start that again. Because I think everyone that writes these fiction or historical things is tapping in to story that's either happened or could happen or tapping into Mm. guides. Like I always think, you know, where did J.K. Rowling get all the Harry Potter series from? It wasn't just her wild imagination. She was tapping Mm -hmm. into something magical and wonderful and, yeah, maybe another dimension, another planet, who knows. So let's hear about your high-flying life on the French Riviera. What (laughs) What took you from the U.S. to France? Was it the job? Um. You know, there's some things that I think are destiny, you know, that are, that we've kind of signed up for. And from an early age, I felt a really strong draw to go to France. And so um, I did um, a study abroad at the University of Nice, where I was um, in the program of French for Foreigners with people, all kinds of international people. And that's where I started my connection with all kinds of cultures. And so I went there, I met my future French husband. And then from there, um, ended up coming back. I was back and forth for a few years and then moved to France, to the Riviera permanently. So that's how I got there initially. Oh, right. And then ended up getting a a job in um, several international business positions. Let's hear about how, you know, intuition or a different vocation was knocking on the door when you thought that you were you know, doing a job that you loved, getting, flying around the world, getting paid lots of money. You thought life was like, this is great, right? But something else was going on. What did that look like? Yeah. So, you know, I was following kind of the plan that we're given by society, which is you want to be successful, climb the corporate ladder, um, you know, become CEO or whatever it is. And that it was it was almost like a um, sort of a pattern that it felt to me like we were being given in a certain sense, and I haven't really taken the time to 
evaluate my own values and my own intentions. And one day I was on a flight, I mean, I literally, <laughs> I was flying so much that when I, when I was at the corporate headquarters, I remember one morning going and sitting down and looking for the seatbelt, fasten my seatbelt as if I were in a plane. <laughs> it was like, it was that much flying. Um, and so I was, this one morning I was on a flight from Nice to New York and I had a flash of a dream that came back to me and I was sitting on a dune in a desert and all I saw was desert, desert, desert. And I just started weeping and I had been so disconnected from my emotions, which is part of what the corporate world does, right? No emotions. And I knew, I knew that it was time to start to make some changes, but I didn't. Right. And I think a lot of us get these nudges, but we don't make the changes. <laughs> and then, you know, then I got sick. Then, you know, things were not going well with the marriage and then the job situation. So that's how it started. <laughs> so, you know, and I see that with clients as well. I see so many that, you know, they know, they know, we know when it's time to make this shift, when we're getting those nudges. And when we, when we can do the, the shifts and start to understand how we can do that and start listening to that inner wisdom about how we can do it because we can make these gentle transitions or we get the three alarm wake up call like I had, right? When we don't listen soon enough, it's like, okay, okay, you can push it back a little bit, but then it gets really blown out of proportion and it's a lot to deal with. I know that, you know, the guidance is, is always gentle and subtle to start with. <laughs> And then we ignore mm. it <laughs> and then it gets louder and louder and louder and becomes, you call it three alarm, three wake up calls, three alarm, alarm, wake, wake, up, wake up call. I call it <laughs> sledgehammer moments. And it's so funny, you know, Deborah, because people know they're in confusion. They know they want to do something different and then they go, what? And so they go to readers and they read the angel cards or the intro and they get the messages right in front and they still ignore it. <laughs> they still ignore it because they say, no, I need to keep my job because I've got to pay the bills and, you know, I need to stay here because this is where my friends are. I need to be close to my family. They come up with all the excuses why life, you know, like they have to stay and what they're doing and what they're thinking and how they're behaving and, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, sometimes the um, alarm wake-up calls become so loud you can't ignore them. So what did you do? So You didn't get sick though, did you? What was the? I, I, did, I did. Oh, you I did? Had, I had almost no iron left in my blood I mean okay. I, I, I was I, I actually got sick at Charles de Gaulle airport it's like you know we have this ability to override the messages and the signals from our bodies and that's part of the disconnect that our 3d society encourages it's a disconnect from the body and the emotional life that's giving us these messages and so I flew from Nice to Paris where I met up with them company CEO and we were flying to the U.S. for meetings and I got to the airport and I sat down and I literally my legs were like were like noodles you know like wet noodles or rubber I could not get out and I said it was so humiliating embarrassing for me because I thought I could push 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 my way forever but I had constant jet lag and so I could not stand up and I said, I can't go on this flight. I said, I can't go to these meetings. And I flew back home, went to the doctor and she said, you have almost no iron in your blood. You're going to take three weeks off work. And I was like, how can they live without me? <laughs> and of course they could live without me without any problem. Um, but it was, you know, 
three weeks sitting on my couch, even though there was a sea view, it was like, you know, what's my life about? You know, what's going on here? And it was a chance to start that process of inner inquiry that happens to take things deeper rather than staying on the surface. I think this is such a big uh, conversation for people at the moment, a lot of people in this situation. I see it everywhere amongst my clients, mm-hmm. amongst my friends. Uh, just listening to your iron story, my girlfriend was exactly the same. She was feeling tired. She didn't know why. And the doctor said there's practically no iron. And then she just did the sort of allopathic treatment and ignored that that was any sign to change her life in any way. And maybe she changed her diet a bit. And then it just turned into cancer. You know, it went mm-hmm. from one illness to the next illness to the next illness. Like the the wake-up call just got louder and louder and louder. Uh, yeah, and she's still ignoring it. So, I mean, what do they say? You can take a horse to water, but you can't take a drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I see that a lot. So how did you know, like what was the guidance coming to you that said you're not going to be a businesswoman, you're going to be an author and a reader and an intuitive? What did that look like? So it was when I was sitting on the couch there, you know, with nothing to do for like three weeks, <laughs> twiddling my thumbs, that I realized that, you know, this is not my life. I'm not going to aspire to be CEO and chairman of the board, <laughs> you know, make all these really um, status-oriented things. And, you know, I could have done that. I think, you know, I think I had the capacities to do that but with a lot of sacrifices. And it was not in alignment with that deeper calling that I was feeling. And so I knew that it was time to start to consider, you know, how to make different steps. And so I did something really radical. I was, even though I was flying a lot, I was terrified of flying. And so I said, I'm going to go parachute out of a plane. (laughs) And if I can do that, which I'm so terrified of, I can leave this corporate life. I can you know, leave the marriage behind and and make the changes I really want to make. And so um, <laughs> I, I contacted the place, um, you know, showed up at Le Loup, which is near Saint-Tropez, in this little biplane with flam- pink flamingos painted on the wings and was strapped to this French guy. You know, you do you jump in tandem the first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> strapped to this French guy at like, what, 3,000 no, it was more than 3,000 meters. It was like, it was quite high for the first jump and sitting on the edge of the plane. <laughs> and, you know, the, the guy gave me a wet kiss on the cheek and we went falling into the clouds. <laughs> and I was screaming the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was a thrill. It was exciting. It was an adventure. And it was, it was a symbolic jump, a symbolic leap of faith for me that, that I put into a physical experience. And after that, everything changed. But it was like, it was almost like magic. It was almost like telling the universe, I'm ready. I'm going to do this. You know? <laughs> and so, you know, I got a, a golden parachute out of the job situation. Everything worked out so that we separated with my French husband and my health got back on, on track. And I started get, I said, okay, I'm going to commit to listening to my dreams. And I just started, it just got all of this guidance to my dream life. And it was really interesting. And I find it interesting that so many people during the COVID period and 
even now are telling me that they're listening to their dreams and they're getting lots and lots of dreams. And so it feels like that's maybe part of how our higher self communicates with us to give us guidance, you know, to move forward with the symbols and information. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what were some of the things that your dreams were showing you about yourself? Like, what were you dreaming about? (laughs) Yeah, so one of them, so I took a trip to Egypt and took a trip down the, this is around the same time after the the job had ended, and was on the boat from Luxor down the Nile. And I did a ritual to just imagine, I was standing by the porthole and I just imagined taking all of my business stuff, the briefcases, the suits, you know, the big power suits and just throwing them out the porthole window and just imagining just leaving, right? Going, it was my, all my, it was a ritual to release my business career because I knew that that was not the path anymore. And I came back to Antibes and I woke up in a panic one morning because I was having this dream where I was back on that boat, I was tugging at this rope and I I saw there was this dead businesswoman at the bottom of the Nile that I was trying to bring back up. And there's a, there's a captain on the deck. And I said, help me, help me. I've got to bring her back. I've got to bring her back. I was in a panic and fear. And the captain sits back and he crosses his arms and he looks at me and he says, leave her, she's dead. <laughs> okay, I got that message. <laughs> and it, it is, it did feel like the, like a death. It was a small death, right? Because it's a death of an aspect of myself that I was so attached to at the time that I was so connected to so that's one of them another one was so for me also baggage was really important because when I traveled so much I would always travel really light and the minimum and I was having these dreams where every time I would get on a flight I was I was bringing crates (laughs) you know just too much baggage and I got the message it was time to release the baggage yeah and then I would get the the dreams about what I needed to release you know so coffee addictions work obsession you know so much more and and I write a little bit about these as well in some of the books (laughs) but it was all symbolic because you know yeah it reminds me of of my um you know same time in my life wake-up call where I was I had a shop, I had a job which everyone said, oh, the dream job, your own business, you know, doing what you love, being creative. I found retail really boring, but, you know, the <laughs> buying and the and the merchandising and all that was exciting. Uh, but trying to sell stuff to people has never been my favourite thing to do. But I did love talking to people at trade shows and even the customers that came in and it was beautiful and it was one of the kind. It was like on the leading edge, there was no other shop like it. And I was so... I was so like you. I was like, this is wrong. <laughs> I don't know what, but this is wrong. And the same thing, like separated from my husband, shut down the business and had no idea what the hell I was supposed to do with my life, but fell back because I had studies as naturopath, five years full-time study, fell back on because I was really good at massage and started massaging people to make money. And that's when my intuitive abilities kicked in. And I started hearing stuff and seeing stuff. When did yours wow. kick in? When did apart from the dreams? Because I've been dreaming all the time, but ignoring it. Like, tell me, when did your intuitive stuff kick in? I had a lot of resistance because we're taught that that stuff is is insignificant, mm-hmm. right? And you know, I was coming from the corporate world, and we're educated out of using our intuition. So my linear, my you know, my linear mind was you know it's a plus b equals c and you get your answers right 
And so when I was in Egypt again, I met, um, I was taken, it was a magical trip. I was guided to this perfume shop that was not far from the pyramids. And as soon as I got there, um, one of the people there called the one of the main guys and this man took me into the back area and started reading me he, he was telling me all these things about my life and I'm going oh my gosh this is you know I was sitting with my arms crossed like this is not possible this is not possible no no you know it's just, it was that resistance and my it's, it's still corporate Deborah going no but everything he was telling me was right it was right on and Afterwards, I was just totally stunned, like, what happened there? <laughs> and I came back to see him a second time. And when I left, he said, you're one of us. He said, you can do what I can do. And I'm like, no, that is just crazy. <laughs> you know, it was a total refusal, total rejection um, of that. But at the same time, a total fascination of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then... I went to a woman, uh, I was started following the Casey readings and exploring Edgar Casey's work yeah. and understanding his process. He would go into a trance for those people who don't know and receive information that brought in healing for people, just miraculous healing based on quite often very simple remedies, natural remedies. And so I went to Virginia Beach and um, I had a reading with somebody there. I was not going to do it. And then at the last minute, the day I was going to fly out, I scanned the list. And I said, okay, this person is the one I need to see. Called her and she said, when are you leaving? And I said, today. And she said, I'll be right there. <laughs> and that, another one of those miraculous things that the universe wanted me to know. And she said the same thing. She said, you can do this as well. And the information that she gave me was so powerful and so good that I said to the universe if I can do this this has been so beneficial for me and my intention is to support other people in the same way yeah. and she you know everybody has different things that come in she gave me information about the past life to help me to understand my very difficult family experiences um current health situation relationship and gave a lot about future potentials as well so it was just really really powerful and that was that started the process yeah like I said even when you go to readers you can ignore it like the guy in Egypt <laughs> you because I can't tell you how many people I've said that to and they like you completely deny it no and then I show them how how they do it like I get them to read people and they and then they still go no no it's not me so what convinced you that it was you? Like what shifted you from one identity to another identity and having faith in that and moving forward in that fearlessly? First of all, I feel like it was harder several years ago because the energies were denser. And I'm sure you probably feel that as well. And it's like it's like we were given a certain um, app, <laughs> you know, when we were born that this is how things are going to be. And it, we were very 3D educated, even when we have the multidimensional capacities and understandings. It's like we were taught and shown, and many of us remembered from previous lifetimes, that if we tapped into those experiences, the multidimensional aspects, that we were going to be burned, we were going to be ridiculed, we were going to be ignored and, and put out of the social 
Well, and my family, my family experiences like that. I mean, I suspect you probably have had experiences like that too. And prosecuted. Yeah. I just had a conversation today actually with my maintenance guy. He, He sent me this thing that was on mainstream radio. So there's a radio station here that is like very popular and they usually talk so much drivel I just can't tune into it and he said do you listen to this show and I'm like no way but they were talking about a woman who's been astral traveling with full recall since the 80s and she goes to the spirit realm hangs out with all these famous people and does all this stuff right they're talking about this on mainstream radio and I'm like wow and then he tells me about a friend that was doing some maintenance work with him that can do that also so meaning that she has full recall of her astral travels at night and I said, oh, does she want to talk about it? It's like, no, she doesn't want to talk about it because her husband doesn't believe, her friends and family don't believe, and so she won't even talk about it except to him because he's, you know, he's he's on it. So, yeah, that, that fear of ridicule and fear of persecution, yeah, it's big. Which was, yeah, it was not even fully conscious. Mm-hmm. And then, then I started, um, you know, more the dreams. The dreams would bring me information. I would synchronistically meet people who would affirm my, you know, information I was getting. I would dream about right. somebody in the morning I hadn't seen in a long time. I'd tell my partner, and then that person would show up at in the afternoon. You know, and he'd go, "How'd you do that?" And I was like, "You know, it just show. It was just there." Yeah, and it was a dissolution of that three D linear mindset. And beginning to embrace this multidimensional aspect of self. And as that has happened more and more, that dissolution, that 3D mindset is quite rigid. And there's a certain, you feel the rigidity to it. And um, it's dissolving for more and more people, which is really interesting because we're, we're moving into energetic spaces that are more amenable to these multidimensional to the multi-dimensional self, right? And so as I started moving forward, you know, I would be with people and I would see their thoughts unfolding in front of me. And I would, you know, I remember at one point, at first it's a little bit, it's a little bit, um, you know, don't really want to know that. I remember seeing one person as we were talking, somebody I hardly knew, and seeing him as I was talking about something completely different, he was undressing me in in his mind, and I was going, oh, wow. <laughs> "This is. I think I need to go." Now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, would, sh- I would say most men are doing that all the time. Anyway, go on. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but you know, those are you know, those are the capacities that happen, right? So, so you begin to hear people's thoughts; they're not even conscious of, and. You know, it's it's interesting seeing what's conscious of people and what's not, and also the bigger picture. So I see I'm in the oneness. <laughs> you know, I, I feel the heart, the soul connectedness of the person, but then the way it's manifested in the physical form, there are these layers of the thoughts that are maybe maybe saying, you know, maybe saying, hey, you're a great person, but their thoughts are saying, screw you. I've had that actually. <laughs> There's some, there's some, you know, there's not much alignment there <laughs> yep. you know, between the thoughts and what, what is, what's coming it's out of said. the mouth. And I'm going, okay, you know, and, and one of the things I have learned doing readings is, and just seeing people in my day-to-day life is that we all are who and what we are and just to hold that space and to stay aligned with source as much as possible, consciously. And just allow, just allow it to be what it is. 
But at the same time, being aware of that, knowing that I need to navigate this physical experience as we're moving more and more into the multidimensional space with the awareness of where people are. So I get the information. I know that somebody's here. I see that they're also soul connected like I am. But I base my decisions on how to navigate based on what's the whole picture, right? How they're functioning in, in this more physical realm. And so it's an interesting experience, as you know. <laughs> yeah. mm. I'd love for you to share because I think that awakening to who we are as multidimensional, intuitive being, spirit, in fact, mm. having a physical experience instead of physical, having a spiritual experience. So we awaken to that and then we get um, experiences about that and then we know. And how did you move from that into somebody that works and can maintain a, a life from doing that? Because I think that's a huge leap for many people. So, okay, I know I can do this stuff. Now what? Like I have one of my clients worked in a jail, the only woman in a male jail for like years and years, and she's amazing. She's just amazing who she is. And I love that she brought that energy into a jail, you know, as a, as a, but I think that she's moving out of that. I haven't spoken to her for a while. But how do you move from having this sort of secure job that pays you to the next step? What was your process anyway? Mm. So, you know, one of the first steps, first of all, I wanted to mention that I, I went to see Satya Sai Baba in India. I don't know if you've ever heard of Satya Sai Baba. Yeah, um, I went as well. Yeah, yeah, that was to me was an experience that completely transformed me because I realized how disconnected from love I had been right. and that energy of love. And that brought in, I, I mentioned that because it's a huge step to move into self-love, right? And and in that in that control frame network where there was this feeling I need to um fit into this structure of you know climbing the corporate ladder making money in this structure that we're given that experience of love that i had around Sai Baba helped me to connect with my inner connection with that energy of love mm -hmm. and that brought the confidence to support me with being with having that shift as well so that's a big one um and so the the physical steps were simplifying. You know, I was living this lavish lifestyle on the French Riviera, right? <laughs> so, you know, I didn't need Hermes scarves. You, do I really need Hermes scarves? You know, do I really need the the uh, you know the Louis XVI mahogany furniture? <laughs> it's beautiful, and I'm not saying it's either or because it doesn't have to be. But for me, it was um, and still is. Um, important to simplify mm -hmm. um, and to live in a way where I'm not, um, I would say, uh, in debt or in, in um, using credit in a way that a lot of people do and have that freedom. So that's a big step is, is learning about financial freedom and, and disconnecting from that. You know, I've got to have the, the, the plasma TV screen so I can, you know, have this experience. It's a very different mindset. So mm -hmm. it's moving out of being that consumer that the society wants us to be and moving into what's in alignment with 
with what my soul self, my higher self is bringing me to do. So that's hugely important. Um, simplifying was important. Um, really managing my budget well, understanding how to do that. Um, downsizing in some ways, at least initially. And then once there's the um, shift in where income comes, how to change that understanding of what I want to do and become becoming an active creator in the way that is in alignment with my soul self, that's a different experience. So, you know, a lot of people are finding that um, having different sources of income from different things they do, you know, like maybe for you, it would be um, doing readings, courses, those types of things, uh, working, creating content. Some people may be doing gardens and selling produce, you know, um, there, there's so many levels and ways of receiving income mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily require that you be in the system, so to speak, in the old way. So exactly. that you have to follow the rules that force you to do things like get injections, right? <laughs> if, if, because a lot of people fell prey to that, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's finding, it's listening to what your inner self is guiding because we're deeply empowered when we do that and and following those nudges. So putting myself out there to do intuitive readings at first was like, people are going to think I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I started doing it. And the more that I did it, the more I got information. People would refer other people to me. And it's also trusting that inner guidance, that what you're getting is right for your own inner guidance and intuition about the next steps, and also for what's coming in for people without the filter. <clears throat> so, you know, things will come in <clears throat> and I'll say things that to me, my mental stuff, my linear mind's going, that sounds weird, but I'll say it because it's there and that's what's that's what comes through. Mm -hmm. And the person will say, oh yes, of course, that connects with such, 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 you know, mm -hmm. things are connected. And so, it's really about developing a relationship with your inner self, your inner power, moving into your power and trusting that 100%. And, but it's about developing a relationship because most of us have been educated out of trusting ourselves. We're trusting, you know, that professor told us we were supposed to do this. This boss told me I was supposed to do this. And we have, my parents told me I was supposed to do this, but we don't yeah. have that encouragement and that alignment to come into our own power and trust really what's coming from our source self, connecting with source. Beautifully said. Just absolutely. The relationship, yeah, with with love. Yeah, relationship with the love that you are, as Neil Nonna Walsh would say, the relationship with God or your higher self and that trust. It's like... Yeah, you just have to you have to move out of the 3D matrix of earning a living through your sweat, you know, like how many hours I do, how much I think I'm worth, um, my skills. Like there's a whole different mindset. It just and just knowing for me, it was like just saying to the universe, look, I don't get this 3D money matrix thing. As much as I try and work at it and do courses on how to invest in real estate and how to invest in the stock exchange and how to make money. It's not working for me. So can you just support me so I can do my work? That's what I said. Can you just support me? Because yeah. I can't figure this thing out. 
it didn't happen overnight, but it did happen, you know, like uh, somebody came along and supported me. And I'm like, just, yeah, it's that trust that if you're here to do the work that you're here to do, then you'll be supported. Mm. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I also tell people, so I have clients who ask me that question a lot. And I also tell people, you know, don't close the door on those 3D opportunities. So, you know, maybe right. do part-time something 3D while you're developing your massage business or your shamanic readings or whatever it is. And a lot of people, and I did at first, think that it's either or. We right, do yeah. either or. And really, you know, we're We've got these two tracks to navigate right now, which is the the 3D experience and this higher 5D experience that people talk about. And we've got to navigate both right now. It's not, you know, ditch the 3D experience because we've still got to pay the bills, right? In this 3D experience, it's shifting. And a lot of those 3D structures are dissolving. They're literally dissolving. And it's going to happen more and more over the next six months to a year and a half to two years. Yep. And um, and people already feel the the confusion and the chaos because the way that they were navigating in the 3D doesn't work anymore. It's like you were saying the radio show was talking about astral travel. Mm-hmm. You know, people in that who were really locked in to that closed mindset are going, what's they talking about? That's not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. talking about you, I'm talking about, you know, people who are used to seeing um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't listen to 3D radio, but no, I know. It's... talking about cars or, you know. Yeah, they talk about gossip and yeah, it's it's hard to listen yeah. to. But yeah, the, just knowing that they're having that conversation, just wow. It's the blending that's happening. It's, it's the blending. blending yeah, and it's and it's the indication that we sh- the, the shift, you know, like years ago exactly. we were talking about ascension in these uh, these groups I used to facilitate like 20, 25 years ago. We had the, all this beautiful ascension conversation and then you listen to like you go and you look at the world and none of that was in like the world. But And so to see this mainstream radio show where they talk about gossip and celebrity and, and you know, the guy that founded this show, he was made famous because he was people, he was someone that liked to abuse people, you know, like, oh, you're an idiot. And then everyone's like, yeah, isn't he great? You know, that sort of mentality, that that consciousness, right? And so I listened to this because he sent me the thing and he's talking about, oh, yeah, we've got to be kind to people, you know, we've got to be loving. Yeah, And I'm like, when did he change his tune? <laughs> Just like this shift happening, this shift happening. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. And it's um, sometimes it's hard for us to accept when people make the change, yeah. right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and um because we're used to them being like insulting and, and nasty yeah. and suddenly they're like can I hug you <laughs> like, yeah we've got to be kind to people and be more loving and, <laughs> yeah he made his fame and fortune from being mm. from insulting people and being funny about it you know I, I had a friend of he's old now I think he's still alive but he's in his 80s a friend of my mother's who was like in Australia one of the most successful and rich radio personalities and he made his fortune from doing that like housewives would bring up and say oh John John and he would just abuse them and then the ratings Mm. went skyrocketing and they paid him millions of dollars for abusing people on air and even mum rang up one time and he did the same with her he didn't remember who she was he didn't know that he actually knew her and um I just thought, God, I remember this was when I was a kid. I was like, oh, this world. But, yeah, but now the world's changing. It is. And that's one of the big challenges we have because the linear mind has the 
attitude that things are kind of the same, right? Mm-hmm. And, and when we move into that and allow that more multidimensional space, we're it's easier to surf since you're the seaside, surf through the changes, right? And and being conscious right now means being in the moment and allowing those changes to take place and to happen so that we're not responding to what we knew before, but when we're responding to right now, how the situation is right now. And that's a really big challenge for most of us because we're the mind is expecting it to be like it was before. And nothing is, everything is changing so, 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 so fast. So it's an interesting, interesting yeah. time. Interesting times. So how long ago did you go to Saibaba? How many years ago? What year was it when you went there? It was, let me see, it was about 20 years ago. So it's been a while. So Yeah, I was about to, 2004, 2005, I think I went. So it was about 2003, was it? A little bit early, before. Early, early 2000s, yeah. yeah. A little bit before. Because that was when he was old and sick because I remember the group that I was facilitating, the um, people that started the group, they were like big devotees and they're like, you have to go, you have to go. So we chuffed off beautifully, chuffed off. And he was really old and decrepit and I remember my husband at the time's like, huh, he's supposed to be some guru that's saving the world. He's just this old man. <laughs> I can oh, hardly walk. And yeah. uh, it was interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I saw him. Yeah, I saw him before the decline, and okay. um, it was an amazing experience for anybody who has not seen. I mean, even if people see a picture, I think they're if they're sensitive, they'll probably pick up the energies of it. Some people have a real rejection; they just look at him and go, oh. <laughs> you know? "Yeah." Um, and I feel like that's partly why he chose that appearance. You know, it's not this this. Uh, He's not, you know, a poster child for what we might think of somebody who's enlightened and, you know, beautiful. And Good looks, yeah. <laughs> basically. <laughs> I feel like he did because it's a, it's a lesson to go beyond the appearances, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all of his, the, especially the latter part of his life and people who were devotees who were thinking, you know, this what I'm seeing does not correspond to what I expected. And so mm-hmm. this person is obviously not who he says he is. But my experience was, again, it was... The subtle, it was when the subtle really came into play for me. And I really started to understand the power of, of the energy field. And when I went and sat in the temple, it was, there, I was really lucky. The first time I went, it was, it was a time when there were very few people. And it was right before Mahashivaratri, which is a big Indian festival where there are thousands and thousands of people who come there. But as soon as I saw him, I could not take my eyes off of him. It was just like the most powerful magnet. It was that magnet of that energy of love that I was feeling. And I started to understand the the radiation, what real love was. It's an energy. It's not this romantic film stuff, you know, where where which has to do often with hormones and, and emotional connection, which is which is amazing. But the true power of love is an energy, and that's where that really connected with me. And I understood that more and more. Mm. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Well, let's talk about your mob, your galactic, your guides. I shouldn't say galactic. Like your, when did you know that you were sort of communicating with a consciousness that's not necessarily the consciousness of your personality and body and your intellect? 
Mm. So for me, that was a complex thing because I didn't want to give away my power again. And I wanted to be very, very careful about who and what was coming into my field. <laughs> and I feel like that, again, is developing a relationship and using discernment to understand what influences are there. And so, you know, as my field started to expand, um, I feel like the guides who were with me would get frustrated because I really was demanding in terms of making sure that what was coming in was pure and clear and right for me. It was really, really important because there are, as you know, there are lower influences that do try to come in and say, I'm, I'm your guide, listen to me, pay attention, I'm gonna show you the way, right? There are lower influences that try to do that. And I remember, just to give an example of that, as I was going through these expanded experiences, at one point I was sitting in meditation really early in the morning in the French Alps. And I felt this energy come in to my left side. And I heard this voice say, Deborah Moffat, <laughs> like, just jumped out of my skin. And I could feel the energy of it because I knew somebody who was a medium who was very attuned to that. I could feel the energy of this departed soul. I knew it was a departed soul. <laughs> somebody who maybe, you know, so it's just important to, to have the discernment to know who you're listening to, right? And um, to me, that energy is, I feel it. Um, Gosh, it's so experiential. It's very, very difficult to, to explain. When I do sessions with other people, I feel their guides come in. And sometimes I'll allow them to come in through me. But it's always very high frequency energy. I can see it and feel it. If they're the lower frequencies, they don't even bother to come in anymore or try. But in the beginning, that would happen. Um, if it's the galactics, I will often see them with my inner vision. And that's really interesting because I had no idea that that even existed when I started seeing them in the beginning. And, um, you know, I would see, you mentioned earlier, you know, you were doing a drawing and and so you realized later that it was a galactic, that it was the Arcturians. And um, that's happened to me with, with clients where I'll see, like with one woman who was in Dubai, there was this whole, there were like seven beings who just came in. I could see with my inner vision, come into the right and they're wearing this blue sort of costume I call the costume blue sort of best I mean, clothing and they were blue and I didn't know who they were and I was I was um allowing them to give the transmission of energy and information that they wanted to share and then and later on I saw images of them and they were Syrians from Sirius and like oh this is different this is new <laughs> and so that's when it started and recently I've started seeing people when they talk, if if it's something connected to their galactic experience, I'll see like a I'll see like their galactic form imposed over the physical form, which is really interesting. So I had someone recently who was um, um, a mantis, who apparently that's connected to Antares, and I didn't even know that that was you know that was that was part of the experience. So. I just listen and open and pay attention. And so that's how that comes into being. Hmm. Do you often wish that you could take a photograph of what you see or draw what you see? Um, you know, it's interesting because when in sessions, the people who are um, 
open to it will will very often see the exact same thing I'm seeing. And I think that that is so cool. Cool. It shows how connected in the female we are. You mentioned that before we turned the recording on, and we were talking about our guides and uh, you were saying you work with the Acturians. And I said, yeah, part of my mob too. And I was sharing with Deborah that I had drawn an image when I was a young teenager and I was fancied being a dress designer, um, thinking I was drawing some sort of funky looking outfit and and person. I put antennas on this person, which I thought was really weird, but I thought it was just like fashion. And then 30, 40 years later, I'm at a conference in Byron Bay and there was a young girl who draws her guides and I'm looking at her drawings and I'm going, oh, my God, that's like that thing I did when I was a teenager. I couldn't believe it. And funny enough, I managed to find the image, I've got it here somewhere, of what I drew. Hers were much more intricate and beautiful because um, she's drawing knowing what she's drawing, whereas I was just sort of like being thinking I was being creative, drawing some fashion thing. Yeah, so it's interesting how they're making themselves known to you even when you don't know they're making themselves known to you. Yeah, you know, it's part of, again, part of that multidimensional experience that we're moving into more and more. And, you know, it's important to talk about these things because people are getting insights, but they're... Mm -hmm they're often pushing it away like no that doesn't make sense I'm just going to leave that aside when it's really interesting information that can be useful or that can you know that can support them in some way and so knowing that that, you know that most of us have these galactic connections (laughs) and our star seeds as people like to call it um can be really helpful in in navigating and opening to receiving the energies and the information like you said with the Arcturians and um you know one of the the, the guests that you had it was really amazing was Vivian Chauvet who yeah. you know, was with Infinite Healing from the Stars who is an Arcturian hybrid and she really opens the door to that connection as well for people who who may be curious about you know is that possible <laughs> let, let me ask you this this is not a question anyone's asked me but I thought it was a great question it just popped in my mind when you're talking to spirit or guides what do you feel the difference is in the information that comes through their or your galactic guides and the information that comes from the higher self or angels or you know dead relatives so to speak what do you think the galactics are sharing with us at this time Okay. When I go into sessions or meditation or really intend to be in this state all the time is is to be in a conscious state of oneness with source, which is the all that is, and everything is in source. And um, when I do sessions with people and when I'm in meditation or out, the galactics, I know the galactics that are benevolent and bringing in energies and insights for humanity to support us and and this is why I let the Syrians come in in that space when I saw the group of them I could feel this amazing love it was just this very high frequency energy of love and I just know and you know I'm open to allowing those very high dimensional galactics to come in for guidance for people because I feel the love and the intention to of service and support people and it's just it's just love when um it's funny because one of the people I did some training with was a medium and she says you can be a medium if you want to and and it's true I can see people um I do see people when I I have sessions with clients um I realized that, that when 
departed soul wanted to come into my energy field because that's what they do. They like to merge to bring in information that that felt really, it didn't feel good to me. And I said, you know, that doesn't feel good to me. It doesn't feel like that's, you know, that's appropriate for me. <laughs> so I'm not going to be a medium, but when departed souls come in, in relation to somebody I'm doing a session with, I'll tell them to tell their guides to tell my guides what needs to be shared. <laughs> so they don't kind of come into my energy field because it just feels, it's like, um, it, it's just an energy that just does not feel good to me. So, so that's what, that's kind of the deal. It's like, you know, you can bring in information <laughs> in sort of in a different way, but the galactics, they're just, there's just this amazing energy that I just love to experience. And so, so bring it on. And they often bring transmissions for people and, you know, I get to feel what they're bringing through and the people who, who I do sessions with as well. And it's just so, so, so powerful, so amazing. And it's never depleting. It's just beautiful. It brings tears to my eyes. <laughs> yeah, as I ask myself that same question, um, I feel like they bring consciousness technology as well as technology technology, like intelligence, ultra intelligence, that's applied intelligence. Whereas mm -hmm. often uh, spirit guides or angels or higher self are are always reminding us or teaching us about our connection to the, the our true self, our divine self, and mm -hmm. um, our connection to love. And but the galactics can share, you know, the way they operate telepathy and the way they can astral travel and the, the multi-dimensional aspects of the body and the the energy bodies and yeah it's kind of like they're the teachers whereas yeah. the guides are like the reminders that you're love that you're god like the conversation with god books it's like there's only one mm -hmm. of us in the room that we're one that we're god that we're powerful it's like this constant reminders of of our brilliance mm -hmm. from the mm -hmm. guides and the higher self and then the galactics like teach us about our abilities like our psychic abilities, our manifestational abilities, yeah, like the teachers. That's, that's what I very think. beautiful. Yeah, that's a very beautiful, very well defined, very very well defined. Well, as I asked you the question, I asked that same question mm. to me, and I, and yeah, that's what they said, and mm. just feels, yeah, feels like that's what they, that's that's the message they they bring through. Yeah, me. Uh, yeah. especially yeah, a lot with creativity is, um, you know, what I get a lot. With creativity is you know your thoughts your words your emotions actions count that's one of the big ones that comes through a lot yeah. and, and that's one of the technologies so to speak right is being conscious of how we're creating especially exactly now. and so right. you know and they're very um clear you know about that it's like if you're standing in front of the galactic you you've got to be conscious of what you're thinking because everything is communicated telepathically and you understand the power of your thoughts and your emotions and your energies right exactly so you understand it in the moment because if you're thinking well that's ridiculous you know they're going to hear it immediately you can do that with a human being who may not be telepathic right but with the galactics yeah. you know they get it immediately and they know where you're coming from <laughs> yeah. and i heard someone say who had had physical contact with uh star nation um, beings that being in their energy like physically like these are physically incarnated beings their frequency is so different that unless you clean up your thoughts you hurt like physically hurt 
because their frequency, their acclimation to love and high vibration is so different. Um, yeah, we've got a long way to go before we interact on that physical level with them. You know, we're still mm-hmm. like listening to that story about you and the guy. And you're hearing the guy undressing or seeing him undress you. It's like yeah. we still think that we can think stuff and other people won't feel or know what we're thinking. Like we believe that. And for the most part, that's not true. Most people can. They might be unconscious that they're doing it, but they'll get a knowing, they'll get a feeling, and they'll, you know, like you said, someone will smile sweetly at you, but you feel their thoughts. And so you'll get there sort of like, yeah, you're here. They're like, I don't like that person. Like, why don't you like them? They're not perfectly nice, polite people, but you can feel their thoughts. Yeah. And so humans just have to wake up to the power of our thoughts. And that's what the Arcturians have been teaching me about the power of our thoughts and, yeah, Mm. being more deliberate. I love that story about feeling the guy undressing you. (laughs) I remember hearing something on television like years ago about men thinking about sex every two minutes. And I asked my husband if that was true. And he goes, yeah. And I said, seriously? I said, so he worked in the city. I said, you're walking through the city. You see somebody who thinks, you know, good looking. You're having sex with that person in your mind. Like every two minutes, he's like, yep. God, how do you get anything done? (laughs) (laughs) That's distracting. (laughs) But think about it. If we're all hearing that or seeing that, that would really change, wouldn't it? Like that would really shift. You have to get really like you could appreciate someone and say, oh, they're beautiful, but you wouldn't necessarily have sex with them in your mind or undress yeah, them. That's part of this this navigating these two two ways, Worlds, right, yeah. is, is everything is transparent. Everything is transparent. Um, if, you're, if you're still stuck in that 3D mindset and you don't get that, then it's going to rebound on you, the thoughts, uh, you know, the negativity, that kind of thing. And it's just, it's, you know, it's important to start to move towards a mastery of those things, of that inner power of concentrating to control and, and shape your thoughts consciously. Be aware of the emotions that are coming through as well. And, um, how those are put into action in an alignment. And that's when we have the power to create really, really, as you know, you already know all this stuff because you, you know, you get the same information guidance. And now. Oh, look, I might know it, but it's really for the people that are listening. It's that reminders, reminders, reminders. They might know it too, but it's good to be reminded, right? I was mm-hmm. having, you know, the, the maintenance guy, let me tell you what happened. They, they maintained the townhouses that I live in, right? They take the bins out and maintain the gardens and stuff. And um, he came into the house one day and he saw all my setup for the podcast. And he's like, oh, what, what's all this stuff for? And I said, I have a podcast show. And I, he said, what, what's it about? And I said, consciousness. And he goes, ah, oh, tell me more. And I looked at him <laughs> and I'm like, I said to him, how far down the rabbit hole do you go? And he said, <laughs> all the way, baby. And yeah, and he's like really open to all this stuff. So we have these wonderful conversations, but he doesn't understand the power of his thoughts. And he thinks that it's okay to complain, complain about his ex-partner that's in the business with him and the emotional trauma and how much he hates it and how much he, and he just thinks that that's okay to just like when, when you understand the power of your thoughts, it's that's, you know, what do you want to create more stuff to complain about? Like keep complaining. People think that complaining about their life is okay. 
everyone. Yeah, to everyone and yeah. anyone they see. Let me let me have a chat with someone in the street and just complain about my lot, complain about my ex, and complain about this and complain about that. Yeah, when you understand your power, you know that that's just going to give you more of stuff to complain about. Sorry, what were yeah. you going to say, Don? Yeah, that's yeah, that's a wonderful observation and so so important right now. Thank you so much for for sharing that. That's part of the old paradigm, right? Focus on the negative. Mm -hmm. And as we start to shift, as people become more conscious of the subtle energies, mm -hmm. when they hear themselves complain, they're going to feel that that doesn't feel good. Or when you're around somebody who's who's complaining like that, how does that feel? It doesn't really feel good, does it? Mm -hmm. But as you start to focus more and more on, okay, I see that this is an issue. So it's not saying deny things. It's like, look at the issue. And then how can I find the solution? So you begin putting your attention on focusing on the solution and finding the outcome that works for you, that you're guided to, rather than putting all that energy that's going down that hole of negativity nowhere, right, into keeping the frequencies low. And once people become conscious of that, it completely shifts where you put your concentration, where you put your energy and how you function. And then your life starts to create in a positive way. We're talking about, you know, how do you make that shift from the corporate world, for example, into what you really feel called to do. That's mm -hmm. one of the ways, because in the corporate world, we're talking, you know, complaining about the boss, this person, and it was my colleague. Um, and it's just a completely different shift it's a subtle shift it's not like going out and you know i'm going to go dig a hole or something to plant seeds you can do that but this is something that comes from the inside out as a subtle way to create for people which is really powerful and it's understanding that shift that where people can really begin to be more empowered with creating things that are beneficial for society and humanity right now and also taking them where they want to be in their lives very powerful good stuff karen yeah, it's so important to remember. And I, I just love what you said about your relationship with love. You know, like mm. when I asked you about how did you make the transition from the corporate to as a working medium psychic, you know, intuitive teacher, and you said that was your relationship with love through mm. through the guidance of Sai Baba. Yeah, when we have that relationship with love, we see that everything that happens to us, good, bad and ugly, is happening for us. It's love working in our lives. And it might look like something that we don't like, but it's still love working in our lives. Like it's either a sledgehammer moment or a three three alarm wake up call, but it's love speaking to us. Yeah. Mm. So uh, yeah. What what is the what is the message that love is trying to say? So before we go, what have your I don't know if you sit and chat to them or maybe you've given, you know, um, guidance for others, but what have your guides, galactic or otherwise, said to you about? where we're heading how to navigate that you know mm -hmm. in the next couple of years as a collective like for society you I, I want to ask you about France too like what's happening in France yeah. but there's yeah. two questions Gosh. there yeah that's a big one let me see where to start so just asking them where to where to begin with this because this is a big one and there are huge changes you know, so, so again, we're in this navigation between the 3D, which is going through this dissolution, right? All of these structures that are very rigidly in the 3D, whether it's mental, 
physical, I'm talking about social structures or business structures that are not serving um, the upliftment of humanity and shifting into that paradigm are in the process of dissolution, right? So all of those structures that are focused on greed, that are focused on um, things for self, that are focused on controlling others, focused on power, we, we see it already. They're all in the process of dissolution. And we don't have to do anything about that just stay centered, stay in mastery, stay in connection with self, with source, and stay empowered. So remember that as things start to dissolve more and more, because if we continue with that outward focus on stuff that's not working, it's a distraction and, and can create a sense of chaos. And um, it's easy for people to be drawn into that and focusing on the chaos rather than staying in alignment with self and staying empowered in source. So that's just, just all of you who are listening, just please remember, stay aligned with source. Don't allow self to be drawn into the fear and the chaos and the hysteria that may be happening around because that's not you. <laughs> it's other stuff. And so that brings me to France and the, the, different experiences that we've had over the last several years I'm not sure what can be said and what can't um in those periods where we had to stay in our homes which were quite they were very constricted and very restrictive like in where you were um there were huge clouds of fear so we're talking about thought forms right? we're talking about the power of thoughts and emotions they were enormous thought forms and clouds of fear that were floating around and then rage that were floating around. And it's really important to be able to know what's yours and what's not. <laughs> and, and so this is, you know, we're going to go through other shifts and waves of this as things continue to shift and people fall into the, you know, and, and this evolves. But remember that it's really important to come back to yourself to find your meditation point, your inner point of connectedness to self. Staying grounded is hugely, hugely important. So ask that earth connection to stay with you because Mother Earth is there supporting us and guiding us. Um, when you're grounded, it's much harder to be drawn into that connection with those clouds of fear and anger and rage. So you might feel a little angry or you might feel a little bit of fear recognize okay that's what it is release it remember to stay in self release it and what happens when people don't stay grounded and don't um release the fear but move up out of the body a lot of people i see move their energy field they don't stay ground they move up into the mental and they allow their energy fields to connect with the clouds of fear or rage and then they get all of this fear this global fear that comes in and they feel terrified they feel panicked it's not your fear <laughs> don't connect to the clouds of fear that's hugely hugely important for what's coming and it's also important in understanding what happened before because a lot of people were doing things out of fear and panic so um 
just remember to make that distinction what's mine and what's not and leave that stuff up there stay connected ask for help from your guides the galactics the love source whatever you connect with prime creator um in staying grounded and staying aligned with self um i'm seeing um I was working on a project which is helping people to connect globally and create community because community is hugely important. So connect with your local communities. Um, what I'm seeing in a what the image that was given to me when I look out to a certain time, I, you know, time frames, as you know, Karen, are very uh, difficult to pinpoint and things these are potentials things change and we can change these things which is part of the reason we get the information so um, i'm working on a project that's bringing communities together globally so that they can connect locally it's a, it's a platform that i've been um agreed to support in, in putting energy into this and i was looking at what's going to happen in like a year and a half two years and i thought oh this is going to be really vibrant and alive what i saw was the different points locally of connection, no communication between them because there's no electricity, internet has been cut off. And so um, there's a very strong potential that that's, we're moving towards that. So your local community connection is hugely important. Start to develop, you know, meet your neighbors, find out what you can barter and trade with your neighbors, uh, plant your local gardens, you know, the um, self-sufficiency um, in terms of food is really important. If you can start to develop that more and more, um, you know, learn how to do sprouts, learn how to trade with your neighbors, <laughs> learn how to do some farming, even, even if it's on your terrace, because food issues are going to become really, really vital in the coming times. Um, let me see. Um, you know, community is is. I can't stress how important that is. So really, really make efforts to connect with community. Um, hmm. Anything come in for you, Karen, as we're talking? Because I'm sure you have insights as well. Well, as I'm listening to you, I'm hearing what a lot of other people have said and I'm chatting to the mob and they're saying, yes, this will be more so, more stressed for higher population areas of Earth like Europe uh south america part different parts of um, the u.s um because i'm saying is that going to happen down here because we're such a huge country and such a small population and they said not so much but in the higher population definitely uh so places yeah so that's what they were telling me as you were talking and they said you know it's a probable timeline too um, but as you say, it's a potential timeline that we're on at the moment mm. <laughs> as we have this conversation uh, on this date in May mm. 2023 that can shift. But, uh, yeah, like France, as, I, as I've as i seen uh, on alternative media sources, uh, not the mainstream media sources, the mainstream news, there's been huge protests. I don't know if it's, if it's real because uh, I'm not there. Um, maybe, you mm. know, I know that you're not in places like, Paris no you don't live there but you know lots of people out like thousands and thousands of people out in the street protesting one thing or another like huge mm -hmm. uproar uh is that is that happening in France so so you know remember there's a difference between urban areas worldwide and rural areas right yeah. so the urban areas is where we're starting to see a lot of the dissolution happening really intensely yeah and yeah. 
there there is a lot of protest going on a lot of people um, not in agreement with things that are happening in terms of government right and that's that's a global thing as well there's a disconnect between governments and yeah it's happening all over the world where was it where was it they stormed the palace where was that it was an asian country like thousands of people stormed the government or the palace um yeah like huge yeah disillusion and and fear like you said and um an uproar yeah i just Mm. see it as all part of the shift because you know years ago remember i said i was facilitating these groups and I looked out into the world and nothing was changing. We were talking about it and it didn't sort of, nothing was changing. Not so now. But I remember sitting up in bed and I said to my mob, the guides, what is it going to take to shift this world? I mean, really, what's it going to take for things to change? And they showed me what I'm now seeing on the, you know, like on my computer. They showed mm-hmm. me people rioting in the street and protests and an uproar and I remember just sitting up in bed having these images and I'm like oh shit <laughs> mm. like I asked they didn't yeah. give me a timeline they didn't say when mm. but I asked what's it going to take to change this world and that and they, that's what they showed me and that's what yeah. I'm but that was like 25 years ago yeah so that's what it's yeah. what's happening now and the yeah. French seem to be I don't know I kind of as, as much as I wouldn't do that or, or participate in that energy, as you say, it's that fear and anger energy, I'm kind of like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so one thing that comes to me is that, you know, everybody needs to do what they feel called to do. But when I when I tuned in about, you know, what's going to support with the awakening mm-hmm. when it had to do with all the 3d stuff what i clearly saw and understood was it's it's dissolving of its own accord whether we yeah. go out and protest or not it's exactly it's it's self-destructing i got and that so, exact same thing yeah not so today but i thought that was hugely interesting because i don't need to go out and protest i just stay right. concentrated bringing in the high frequencies you know like you're doing and and staying in alignment and I don't need to go and put my energy in that so it's just interesting to to know that for people who might be interested in yeah you know, in, in in that piece of it um yeah and and just I, I want to say also to people who may be listening to remember to have that vision of the world that you that you're desiring right that peace because I see a lot of people who don't see that it's like they don't see the future potential it's like you know it's like a dead end is what they're saying mm-hmm. so please start to connect in and envision that world of peace and envision mm-hmm. that world of community and compassion connectedness where we really you know we don't allow people to who who are inflicted with trauma and a lot of people I see who are homeless have experienced some terrible trauma and we don't have a way in our current 3d system to be able to to support these people in having creative happy lives right that's not part of this new system that's coming what's coming there's there's a vitality and a vibrancy and a creativity to it and an allowing for healing 
that's the next big step I'm seeing as well, healing. So people who are healers are going to be called on more and more. Uh, I saw a lot of people at the end of the, the COVID thing who were in healing professions, massage and light workers who were just being depleted, telling me, you know, I could see they're being depleted and said, I don't want to do this anymore. It's because they were so drained by the supporting people who had gone through it with the trauma that they needed to recharge, really. And so healing the issues that have come out of all of these things that we've been going through is a big is a big next step it's what we're going through at the moment is the healing period mm. which is really important as well mm. Mm. yeah wild times wild times so where where do you live in france or what's the sort of like you're in the alps are you so i'm in the french alps with um so on mountain behind my little oh, village root. the a rural area very rural yeah and the rhone river is just right very nearby um the lake bourget is very close by and um so it's kind of between annecy geneva um and mont blanc it's it's in that triangle it's beautiful, beautiful yeah. part of the world yeah. and what's the attitude of the people there are there I mean, do you find that this conversation that we're having, are there a lot of people up for that conversation? Have you seen the shift in the consciousness of the people around you? Like can you go out and talk about this at someone you bump into in the street or are people still saying, oh, you're crazy? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because because in my little village, <laughs> um, I started doing group meditations before, before everything was closed down. And so there was a group of women who knew about my intuitive abilities and, and anytime. So, you know, there's a lost pet. <laughs> they come to me. Yep. Um, somebody, somebody bought a house and um, there's, there's the energy of the person who is still in that house. And they said, Deborah, you've got to help me understand what's going on here. And so I went and supported them with understanding what was going on in the house. And we did some clearing. So that's, I find that really interesting that, you know, mm. that people are interested in that and um, don't, you know, it's not like the outcast of the village. Uh, so, yeah. So you're, you know, who you are and what you do is completely accepted by the mainstream consciousness of the place that you live in. Yeah, 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 that's beautiful. I know the world mm. is changing. Well, darling yeah. one, you are just delightful. I'm so, <laughs> I feel so honoured to have connected with you. Oh, um, I'm today. so grateful for all that you do as well. I mean, you have done so much for so long and holding and being the bridge for all that's been happening, right, in many ways. So yeah. I'm very grateful to you. Thank you. Oh, thanks, darling one. And it's, it's been such a... It's been so beautiful to hear your story and uh, and your stories of of your awakening and your coming into your own. And I think it's such an important conversation because I think that the people that are attracted to my podcast as opposed to the people that are attracted to other podcasts that have many more views are more, like I call myself a teacher of teachers, so they're more the teachers mm -hmm. and the healers and the light workers and the star seeds and the wanderers and the difference makers, even when they believe they're not. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you are uh, there are a lot of seekers who are just seeking the information and then there are people seeking the information in a view of implementing the information in their lives you know applying the information and I think they're the people that are attracted to my shows which is less than the people that are attracted to other shows who are just like 
just next next information more information more information more information as if as if they need libraries of information before they'll believe it <laughs> the, the seekers so thank you so much for being on the show with me today it's been so beautiful thank you so so grateful for all you do how beautiful to meet deborah today i loved that conversation she's just delicious i think she's gorgeous uh, I can tell her level because, you know, two psychics talking to each other, I can tell the level of people's connection when I speak to them. And, yeah, she's got a really gorgeous connection, strong connection. Uh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful woman. She reached out to me because she saw one of my shows with Vivian, um, I think she mentioned it, Chauvet, who is a French-Canadian uh, Syrian hybrid and she loved the show I did with Vivian and she reached out and she said oh I'd love to be on your show and I knew nothing about her I just felt her energy and said yep let's do it but that was like months ago because I'm usually booked out months in advance um, but yeah lovely gorgeous beautiful woman with a fascinating story we were chatting afterwards about her uh, you know high life I said I forgot to ask you about your lifestyle in the French Riviera hobnobbing it with rich and famous people <laughs> she said, yep, yeah, she's to hang out with all the rich and famous people. And I was saying to her, interestingly enough, in my former days when I was young in Sydney, I hang out with rich and famous people too. I found for the most part really boring. <laughs> like they're focused on what they do and they do it well and therefore they're successful at it, whether it's acting or making money or whatever. But uh, they're kind of not focused on too many other things. And uh so to me, that was kind of boring. <laughs> they just want to drink and party and gossip and like most people. But I like to have conversations about the world and the state of the nation and expanding consciousness. And I really enjoy the conversations I have on the show more than I enjoy most other conversations I have with people, actually, because most people just want to complain about their lot for the most part. I'm not talking about clients because I'm just talking about in general, people want to complain. And I want to say to them, complaining about what you've got is not going to get you what you want. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go. Who's coming up into the inner sanctum? Oh, another beautiful woman who is an animal communicator and psychic who lives in Dubai. And she's going to get up at 2 a.m. in the morning to speak to us. Uh, Sabine Ponsulet, she was on the show this year. She wanted to come in and speak to the group. So she's coming up in June. Uh, she's gorgeous. She sings the language of light and communicates with animals and sings the language of light to animals. So we're going to talk about different forms of our multidimensional consciousness and contacting uh, the consciousness of animals, speaking to them. And she's got lots of fabulous stories to share. So do join us in June. And I'm online every first weekend of the month in the Inner Sanctum, Saturday in the States, Sunday mornings here in Australia mornings in europe what time is it in europe uh, it's kind of really like midnight one o'clock uh, we've got a few people in europe we've got someone in denmark someone in germany it's like midnight for them and they do stay up late and join the group we had another beautiful woman that came on where was she she was in spain she came on a few times but then i think it got too late for her uh, but yeah people in europe do join it's not the best time for them it's it's hard to find a time that reaches all the different time zones across the world so it's saturday afternoon in the northern hemisphere like canada and us and it's sunday morning down under and uh, later sunday morning in new zealand 
All right, so do join us and remember to check out the book Awakened by Death if you haven't already, and I'll catch you next time. Big love to you all. Bye for now.